0: Hello, podcast family. My name is Johnny Tipton. I'm your host here for the Tipping Point podcast here on Spotify, as well as your Apple podcast programming. We appreciate you getting on tonight. Thank you all for all the comments, shares, likes, even the negative feedback. We certainly appreciate all the feedback that we get for the podcast. We certainly hope that this podcast is encouraging, uplifting to you, your family, as you go through your journey in life and your walk with God. And so tonight, we'll get right into the podcast. We're talking about the hallmark of a hero, bravery, integrity, selflessness. They save the day and ask for no reward, and they ride off into the sunset. The Bible also tells the story of heroes. They aren't always brave, good, or selfless. In a lot of ways, they are people just like me and you, missing the mark, dropping the ball, and... Our conversation tonight, we're going to talk about what it is in Abraham, Sarah, Moses, and what they have in common that we should be telling their stories even today. What makes them heroes? Abraham believed God and became the father of many nations. Sarah believed God and became the mother in her old age. Moses believed God and became the deliverer of a people in bondage. They're all connected by virtue of their great faith, the hallmark of the biblical so tonight we're talking about faith, and I want you to really grasp a hold of what faith really means and what it says we're talking about faith. There are a lot of people today who are living with a sense of hopelessness, a sense that it's not working, it's not worth it, it's not fair. I quit, I give up, I give in, I throw in the towel, I can't take it anymore. They're ready ready to break. It's a sense of profound despair, if you please. So that was true of the folks that the author of the book of Hebrews, when he was writing the scripture, they were on the verge of this, they was on the verge of, of quitting, quitting the faith, going back to the world and doing the things that they had, God had called them out of. They didn't think this Christian thing was worth it. It just wasn't working out for them. And, What leads them to discuss this concept is summarized in chapter 10 of Hebrews. And if you take a look, beginning with verse number 35, in chapter 10, he begins to say, Therefore, don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need for endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised for yet in a little while he who is coming will come and will not delay but my righteous one shall live by faith listen to that word live by faith and if he falls back he says my soul has no pleasure in him but we're not of those who shrink back to destruction but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul He says here, the writer says, I'm telling you, I'm writing you so that you don't throw in the towel because you need endurance. And then he throws the zinger out there that says, for the righteous shall live by faith. Okay, so listen to this. Whatever faith is, we're going to get into it in just a minute. It's supposed to be a lifestyle, not an event. I want you to catch that. The righteous is what the Bible says. Shall live by faith. In other words, whatever faith is, is how you should roll. That's how you should live your life. It should be how you flow. It should be your normal modus operandi of life, if you please. Faith is not a concept that you just visit, but it's a lifestyle that you possess. Because the righteousness, this, the Bible says the righteous shall live by faith. So, If you're not living by faith, it's because you're not yet righteous according to the word of God. Because that's how the righteous live. The righteous live by faith. And the righteous who learn to live by whatever faith is, they get to experience God in action. That's a powerful thing, but that's what he says. You get to experience God fulfilling his word in your life. So you've got to ask the question today, am I living by faith because if I'm not living by faith, or rolling by faith, then I'm not experiencing God in my circumstances, in my situations, because that's how the righteous roll. That's how they, they live. They live by faith. But that begins to raise a question to say, what is faith and how does it work? Well, I'm glad you asked. Verse, verse one in Hebrews there says, now faith is the assurance or the substance of things hoped for and the evidence or conviction of things not seen. So, faith then must have substance. It must have some stuff somewhere that you can rely on. Because when you look at faith, what this means is faith is only as meaningful as the substance to which it's attached. Catch that. If you've got faith in bad substance, listen, then your faith will be insufficient no matter how much of it you possess because the substance that you place it in is not much. Or maybe not even real at all when you think about it. Faith has to do with an expectation and a hope that must involve a substance. And so faith is, the amount of your faith is is not tied to how much Faith that you have. It's tied to how much substance that you possess. And a little faith in significant substance produces great results. A lot of faith in insufficient substance will produce no or little results because what makes faith faith is the substance to which it's attached. So to understand faith, you have to back up and you have to understand the substance of things hoped for. That is the, what the object is and the evidence of things not seen. So let me clarify right here about what faith is not. Faith is not how you feel. Faith is not how you feel. It's not an emotion. It is not necessarily how you feel. You can feel faith less, but be, but be full of faith. <laughs> you can feel full of faith and have no faith. Because faith is not, first and foremost, an emotion. It is not connected with your emotion initially. Emotions don't have intellect. Emotions don't think. Emotions are how you feel. They don't think. And feelings shift based on the information received in the circumstance so faith is tied to substance that is not yet seen or beyond what you're experiencing with the five senses but you are convinced that it is real based on the integrity of the subject or the source who is calling for the faith who is the subject calling for the faith that's the question Of course, it's God. He says, after you've done the will of God, that's the scripture. Now, let me tell you why what you're hearing today for a lot of people may be the most important thing you've heard. Because Hebrews 11 and verse six says that without faith, it is impossible please God. Don't miss this scripture. Don't miss this interpretation. Faith is not one of the things that you need. Faith is the key thing you need if you want to experience God. Because without faith, you are displeasing to God. That's what the Bible says. Because when you don't exercise faith, you're challenging God's integrity. You're challenging His personal integrity. So, To not live by faith is what we say today in today's terms, is to call God a liar. So let me give you, or let me remind you once again of the formal definition of faith, boiling it all down to one thing, it says this, faith is simply like acting, faith is simply acting like God is telling the truth. It's not feeling that God is telling the truth, it's not saying that God, is. it's not even thinking Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. That's why the Bible calls it walking by faith and not talking by faith or feeling by faith or even thinking by faith. Unless it's hit your feet, it's not faith. It's intellectual, extent to a concept that hasn't got mixed with actions. Therefore, nothing concrete has showed up in your life. If you want a concrete manifestation of God in your life, then what you believe about God must be married to what you do in light of that belief. Now you're exercising faith so that God can become concrete in your life and not just a theory in your head. I hope you catch that today. Catch that. God is real. He's not fake. He has power. He makes promises that he keeps but you won't see it until he sees motion. That's the way it works. If there is no motion, it lies dormant, although it's really there beneath what you see. Faith is acting like it is so, even when it's not so, in order that it might be so, simply because God said so. Acting like it is so, even when it's not so, in order that it might be so, merely because God said so. God established it. Verse number two, for by it, for by what? By faith, the men of old gained approvals. For by it, for by this definition of faith, the men of old gained approval. He says, I'm going to take you on a journey of the men of old. And of course, there's men and women because he has men and women in chapter 11 of old, meaning in the Old Testament. And so he says, I'm going to take you on this journey of men and women. He says in verse one about what faith is. And then he asks, are there any witnesses to what faith is? So then he reaches back into the Old Testament. And he begins to pull out witnesses after witness after witness from the Old Testament for us New Testament Christians to know that what worked for them in the Old Testament is what you need to work for you today. He went and got some witnesses from the Old Testament. So when you go through the hall of faith, you have to look at the witnesses because Sarah is going to come forth and, and she's going to share with you. And David is going to give a testimony and uh, Joseph is going to give a testimony. The patriarchs going to give a testimony. There is going to be testifying and testimony to let you know that verse one is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you God when you understand faith. That's what the witnesses were for, is to testify about faith. He says, I've got some testifying to do. So he says, by it, which is faith, the saints of old, they were approved. That means that they were validated and they were vindicated. Oh, I wish you'd catch that. There's nothing like when God validates you. The end of chapter 10 said, you got to understand this. He's going to come. He's going to validate you. That's why at the end of chapter 10, it says, and when you have completed the will of God, because see, some of us, we've been in college for 20 years because we haven't completed the course of faith. We've been called on, but we've not yet received the approval of graduation because we're not living by faith. The validation." and the vindication of the life of faith. We've not received it because we pick and choose when and how we want to believe God. We believe God on the things we like. We disregard on the things we don't like. And so we're not living by faith. We're really cherry picking by faith. He says the righteous, this is how they roll. In other words, non-faith is the exception. Faith is the rule. In spite of how they feel or how they think, it's like the three Hebrew boys that said, we believe God can deliver us. But even if he doesn't, We're still not going to bow. We're not going to bend because we trust God. It's like Habakkuk said in chapter three, he says in the last few verses, he said, though there's no fig on the tree, though there's no cattle in the stall, though I can't even see anything that God is doing, I'm still going to rejoice because I still know that God is working, even though I can't see a change in my situation because God has integrity and he's a keeper of his word in spite of my circumstances. There's some strange people in this list in Hebrews 11. When you think about it, there are some folks in this list that if we were making the list, that would never have made the list. That's right. You got a prostitute in this list. I would have never thought about putting a prostitute. You, There's a liar in this list. You've got some messed up people in this list in Hebrews 11 that made the list. Listen, that ought to be some good news to some of us to let us know that there are people that even though we walk through the church doors and we go to church tore up from the floor up, and even though we go, and we, 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 we go to church and we do things for God, a spiritual failure, but if we right now begin to live by faith, God will still let you make the list. That ought to be an encouraging word to those of us that struggle, or if you're struggling today, there's some folks in this list that shouldn't belong here. It means that there's hope for us. There's hope for you and I begin to live by faith and stop trying to fake it until we make it or faith it till we make it. Playing church, playing religion, playing Christianity and not taking God seriously in our life and stopping our challenge of his integrity. Because why would you answer the prayer of, of somebody who calls you a liar every day? You lie, God. Well, but bless me, Lord. You're a liar, God. But Lord, give me a better job. You're a liar, God. But Lord, help me mad. Lord, you're a liar, but change my circumstances. See, there's a whole thing we go through. Constantly questioning God and his integrity. And his integrity is challenged. And when his integrity is challenged, his, his promises lie dormant and unfulfilled. So he comes to his point. It's his final point here. It's really a zinger in verse 3, if you pay attention to it. He says, by faith... We understand that the worlds were framed or prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made out of things which are invisible. Woo! I got to read that again because this is a humdinger. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed or prepared by the word of God so that what is seen, what is visible, what's not made out of things which are visible man, what a word. He said, to make my point about faith, let me take you all the way back to the beginning of time. And he says, we understand that the worlds that we do see was created by someone using something that we don't see. That's faith. Wow. <laughs> Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, Elohim, which is God, created the heaven and the earth. That's the Hebrew name for the creator God. Elohim is found in Genesis 1 and 1. Stay with me. So it says that the worlds, and the words worlds there is actually plural. That means the whole universe, not just the earth. So the whole universe, all the galaxies and Milky Ways and things that exist were created by someone you can't see. Using stuff you can't see to create a universe that you can see. That we're still trying to look at through telescope that we can't see because there are too many galaxies, because our strongest telescopes can't even locate the galaxies that are furthest away. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So God has operated this way from the beginning of time of bringing stuff that you can see out of stuff that you can't see. And He created a whole universe with this strategy that we're still exploring. And what do we what are we complaining about? What did you tell me your problem was? God used this strategy to create the universe. He used this strategy to this strategy to create the universe. And how did he do it? He said, by a rhema word. The word word there in that scripture means rhema. It's a rhema word. A rhema words mean it's a divine utterance, it's a spoken word, it's a, it's a design word. You remember Genesis 1, he said, in the beginning, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let the water be separated from the land, and it was so. God said, he uttered, he uttered, he said something, and it happened. And what wasn't became. Because of what was uttered, the validity and the the concreteness of what uttered, what was uttered said something. Somebody you don't see said something, and somebody you can't see, because you can't see God, said something. Something you can't see happens. Whoa. That's why the centurion told Jesus. He said, Jesus, all you gotta do is speak the word, and my servant will be healed. Just utter the word, and this thing that I'm dealing with will change. That's faith. That's faith. So stay dialed in for a moment. Stay dialed in for a moment. We live in a world where we've been duped. Do you know that you have to to believe in evolution, you have to go to college. Do you understand that? To believe that the world came from this primeval slime that grew into an amoeba, that grew into a monkey that developed subconsciousness and became a man. Wow. You got to go to college to get that understanding. (laughs) You got to faith people understand that God spoke. Listen to this. The divine fiat, divine utterance of the word of God was spoken. And these things out of nothing came into existence. But modern man has duped the whole generation. And so we have a generation that don't see God move. Because we've been duped. We've been tricked by education. We've we've educated ourselves into becoming fools is what we've done. We've been duped by philosophy and theology. Our, our, Our philosophy is that men doodling with ideas since God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still operates on the faith principle that whatever you see comes from what you don't see. So if you don't start with what you don't see faith and what God says, you can see things. Listen, you won't see Catch that. Catch that. You'll just discuss it and not see it. And you'll just be in science class talking about it. Some people read the Bible and say, I don't understand it. But the the question is, do you understand or uh, do you trust the author? Even if I don't understand it and I can read it, I don't know what it means. But do I trust the author? I don't understand it. I don't know what it means, but I know who wrote it. And because I believe the one who wrote it has integrity and it has weight, I'm going to take it to the pharmacy. I'm going to get it fulfilled. But faith has not occurred simply by picking up what was written from a person of integrity and, and and getting what he provides and reading words. Faith hasn't been exercised until you take the medicine, until you act on the prescription that's put in front of you. All it is is writing on a piece of paper by on by a person who has integrity, who has no benefit to you. It has to become a living word in your life. The question you have to ask with faith is, does God have integrity? And if he does, well, will will I align in, in my life in every area that relates to faith? Not just in religious life, but every aspect of life, my career, my money, my relationships, my singlehood, my married life, everything. Does God have integrity on every subject in my life? You say, but I don't see it. And guess what? You won't. Until he sees you moving in faith. Whew. Listen, understand there's there's a very, very fine line about faith you have to understand. I, I was thinking about one time I was talking to my son, Aaron. He was a little bitty boy, and we had a pool. at at my mom and dad's house and we'd go swimming over there and Aaron would come to the deck and he would, he would get to the edge of the deck and he would uh, oftentimes, you know, be looking at me down in the pool and I would, and I'd be, you know, hollering at him and say, Aaron, jump, Aaron, jump, Aaron, jump. And he would look at me kind of funny, like he was scared. And here I am. I'm trying to pound the word. I'm constantly giving him the word saying, Aaron, jump, Aaron, jump, you know, so constantly just giving him the word saying, trust me, son, I've got you. Trust me, son, I've got you. And I kept kept telling him that. And so I said, I said, jump, Aaron, jump. One of the first times that he was learning to jump. And the first thing he said to me was, Come closer. You're too far away. Well, what does that do to a what does that do to a father? So, but when he asked me to draw near, I drew near to him because he asked me, when he called on me to draw near. I came a little bit closer and I drew a little bit nearer to him. And I kept encouraging him because I knew if he could ever catch the word and if he, if he could ever trust me, that, that, that he would take a leap of faith. And the funny thing was, he took a leap of faith. Matter of fact, I remember the first time he jumped, he really didn't jump. He just kind of fell over into my arms in the pool. And I thought, wow, oh, that's cute. That's cute. I put him back up on the, on, on the deck and he stood back up again. And I said, jump Aaron, jump. And he kind of, this time with a little more confidence, he lifted one leg and kind of gave a small leap into my arms. And then, so it actually got to the point where we'd done it so many times that it finally come to the point where that, that he, 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 he trusted me so much that he would just get out, get out of the pool, take around I'd run around the deck and he'd come Flying across the pool, and he would just say, Daddy, catch me, catch me. And he's learned to trust me because we have to learn to trust God. We have to learn that our God has integrity. We possess a God that possesses integrity. When we act, we've got to put the leaf of faith out there. We've got to put the faith of understanding and knowing that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask. So today, be encouraged understand that it don't take a lot of faith. It just takes a little faith. Act on your faith today. I want you to be encouraged. Be blessed today. In Jesus' name, live by faith.